He won here a year ago, and he looks to go back-to-back back at the Glen. Kyle Larson comes out on the front stretch. He'll see the checkered flag. Larson wins again at the Glen. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR, and this is a very special episode for a number of different reasons, as you're about to find out. We're going to start by recapping the Watkins Glen race, and we're going to look back at that and talk about why I was devastated while still making out okay. But um, Watkins Glen recap coming at you in just a second. Then we'll talk about kind of where things stand with the playoff picture and then get to Daytona. That's why it's special, because anytime we go to Daytona, it's always a fun conversation to have, and we're going to talk about what we're like heading into that race, how we like to bet super speedways, and then get into some picks. After going through what we're looking at for data sets, we'll talk about picks, get to some finishing position picks, and actually a little bit of a a special situation there because we're going with a shotgun approach there, as you'll find out. It's a little bit different episode style there to start, but then we are going to welcome on Derek Yoder at Picks by Blaze. He's the host of the NASCAR Betting Preview Show on Twitter every Wednesday night. You know him if you're a listener of this podcast. He is a regular guest, and his first time coming on was just over a year ago, or maybe just under a year. It was around this time last year for Darlington to kick off the playoffs. So now he's uh, wrapping up the regular season with us, and uh yeah, couldn't be happier to have Derek on because we're going to get into a number of different things. Some big news dropping from Derek and about this weekend. And then we are going to have a group bet full tank face-off. So a lot to talk about. Just overall, really excited about this episode. I'm, I'm very pumped about what is in this episode. So let's talk about Watkins Glen to get things rolling, right? Need a place to start. Well, Watkins Glen, for me, pure devastation. I mean, I don't care what bets I hit. That Chase Elliott situation with Kyle Larson at the end devastated me. Now, I think there are a lot of people out there, you know, I saw some friends of the show putting out there on Twitter, like, you know, Chase Elliott fan tears, blah, 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 you know, making fun of them. And and that's fine. I like Chase as a fan, but I was a Chase Elliott better. I had a ticket on Chase Elliott for plus 500, but more importantly to me, I had the pole sitter to win the race at plus 1,000. I had that before Chase won the pole, so I had a lot of stuff riding on Chase, and it was just devastating to see how that ended up because we had, okay, leading the race, one back marker spins, that's fine. We stack them back up, we do it again, and Chase takes the lead, and you expect, all right, he he made it through that hurdle, but to have a second restart, I was just gutted. I knew, you know, as as a Philly sports fan, you know, you expect all bad things to happen to you at any moment in time, and of course, that's what happened. Like, it just, I knew it. As soon as that second restart were about to get going there, I was just like, nope, this isn't going to work. There's no way he survives twice, even though he's got the better car. 
And of course, that's how it played out. So um, not necessarily upset as a Elliott fan, because I think Elliott fans who didn't have money on the race were just kind of bitching and moaning about the way it took place, which I don't really have a problem with. You know, the, the Larson aspect of it, the way he went about it, he was pretty calculated and everything. All of his post-race interviews were essentially the same. He thought about it during that restart. He knew what he was getting himself into, and he did it anyway. It was a calculated move. He did it on purpose, and he didn't wreck him, right? Chase still finished fourth or whatever the hell he finished. Not good enough for me to hit my bets, but still, you know, it's not like he dumped him. He raced him hard, and there were some consequences of taking the the, the lane that Chase chose. So, you know, you got to reap what you sow. And Larson said, if he did it to me, I'd be upset. You know what I mean? If roles were reversed, I'd be upset. Hey, Larson handled the post-race interviews the way... You probably would have hoped, right? He knew he was getting himself into. That's fine. As a Chase Elliott fan, you know, to be bitching and moaning about that, I, I don't really think you have a leg to stand on. Um, I think you need Chase to kind of grow a set here and start paying some of these guys back. He's a little too soft um, to let this happen. That You know, you wouldn't see that happening to some of these other guys. You know, no one's doing that to Dale Earnhardt, I can tell you that. So that's the thought that I have about that. The real problem that I have is the back markers. I don't have a problem with Larson and what he did. I think he's trying to win the race starting up front on the restart. These back markers, man, that is what kills me because it's not even like it's a racing situation, right? It's not even like guys in the top 10 getting into it and spinning themselves out because they're trying to get a chance up there to, to finish in the top 10 or top five. No, cut away, for yellow and you look in some shit car in the mud or in the grass, in the wall, whatever. And it's a car that has absolutely no impact on the race whatsoever. And now it has the largest impact on the race because it changes who wins and uh, who loses. So I am someone who lost. So clearly you can hear the venom in my voice. I really wanted to hit that pole sitter winning for plus 1000 because that would have just been a, a steal, an absolute steal for uh, Chase to win the pole and then get that done at plus 1,000 at a track that he was going off on race day at plus 275. Oh, I would have been on cloud nine. So wasn't all bad, though. We did make out okay. Let's start with the toolhangers.com bet of the week. We said Chevy won two. And even after all that chaos, right, we thought it was going to be Chase Larson. After all of that stuff played out, it was Larson and Almondinger that still gets it done for the Chevy one to finish. So very happy that that hits and adds some money to the pot there. Not, uh, I think it was plus 180 when we called that out last week. I could be wrong with the check on that, but in any case, we're two for two in our last two for the tool hangers bet of the week. And we've got the last one coming up later in this episode for the regular season in this gift card. Now we called out on the pod, Chris Busher top 10 at plus money there. Very happy about that. We called out a McDowell top 10, and that was pretty happy. We had a race day parlay with Sindrick and Hamlin winning their matchups, and that hit. So all in all, you know, still came out with some uh, victories in a day that was just, you know, really tough to swallow. Now, the full tank faceoff, we had our guy Rodbia Gomez on last week, and he took me to the woodshed. Oh, and three, I went in that matchup. So props to Rod, his first time on, first time doing the face-off, and uh, my hat is off to him. He swept me there. That is a rare occurrence to get a sweep overall in any case, right? 
whether it's me or the guest, a sweep is pretty rare. So um, as far as Watkins Glen was concerned, I thought the racing overall was really strong. Stage one was really cool. Like to have the strategy playing into it and different guys up front, really wild. Um, good racing. Out of all the road courses this year, I thought Watkins Glen was the best race at the end of the day. Even though the best car didn't win, uh, I think that the racing was the most fun to watch and the, the best racing as far as a product goes. Now, you had other storylines like Kimi Raikkonen, you know, finished dead last, I think, but, you know, still cool to see an F1 world champion out there driving and shows, you know, it is pretty difficult to drive a NASCAR. It's not some, you know, hick sport uh, that the guys from overseas just kind of look down on, you know, these a bit of a learning curve and they got to get used to it so it was cool to see him jump in that car and um, hopefully they do more stuff like that moving forward in addition to that another storyline or multiple storylines was just like guys having good races right there were just different drivers that were up front you had somebody like a todd gillen who was really racing well and then he had a, a malfunction situation going wrong but uh ended up really at the back of the field if he wasn't dead last kimmy was uh, but just to see you know a name like that top five early in the race. Um, there was somebody else that I woke up Sunday morning and I had a, it must've been a dream because I woke up thinking, wow, I got to get my bed in on Cole Custer for a top 10. And I saw the odds were ridiculous. And I was like, wait a second, let me double check on this. I must've had a dream that he did great in practice and qualifying. He did not. But, uh, so I held off on placing the bet. Well, wouldn't you know it? He finished 11th. I said to the guys in my uh, group chat, you know, if he hits this, I'm opening up a, a psychic business because that would have been wild for that to come to you in a dream and have it hit. Um, but, you know, just barely missed out on Cole Custer there. That would have been, you know, really messing with my head if that hit. So um, overall, really good racing at Watkins Glen. And I think that remains the best road course on the schedule if you're looking at it from top to bottom. So, no changes as far as the playoff picture is concerned with guys who are in and out. It still remains Ryan Blaney is the last guy in on points, and Truex is about like 25, 26 points behind him coming out of that race. I think they finished right next to each other, 23rd and 24th. So, um, not much ground made up there by Truex. And now, everybody pretty much in a must-win situation. If it's not a new winner... Blaney would get in unless he wrecks early and Truex makes up a lot of points here this race. So um, I think that this is just setting NASCAR up for exactly what they wanted when they made the schedule this way. When they put Daytona at the end of the regular season saying anybody could have a shot at winning this race, I think this is perfect. This is dead on what they're looking for because it's going to be an absolute crapshoot. So let's talk about Daytona. Because I think Daytona brings new eyes to the sport. So if this is the first time you're ever listening to this podcast because you heard that they're going to Daytona and you want to get into a little bit, welcome. Because Super Speedways, which is what Daytona is a type of racetrack, these are some of the most wild races that you can find in NASCAR. It's why the Daytona 500 is so crazy at the beginning of the season. And this is the end of the NASCAR regular season, making it an opportunity for any Buddy to win. So you're going to get long odds as the gambler. Now, it seems as if this is a pretty polarizing race in terms of how people like to bet on NASCAR because you've got people out there who do this for a living. And if you are a professional gambler, 
I wholeheartedly agree with you. This is something you want to back off on because it's too volatile. There's too many things that could go wrong when you're betting for your livelihood. You, you want to back away. Save that money for next week at Darlington where it's much more predictable and you feel like you have an edge up because act of God is going to happen a bunch here at Daytona. Now, I can see that side of the, the fence, right? You want to back away and not really throw a lot of money down on this. I tend to lean towards the other side of the fence where I'm not doing this for a living. I've built up you know, a, a set of money that I like to use to play around with races specifically like this, have a little bit more to, to play with because I know it's a, a long shot and I sprinkle it around a little bit and it's a little bit more, you know, probably frivolous, I think you could say. But to me, this type of race, I, I like having more fun watching it and uh, having more money on certain aspects of the race makes it more fun for me. So as long as you're doing that responsibly, then I think it's cool to have fun with it. And, and we're going to talk about certain bets here that I'm leaning towards or I'm calling out as things that I'm on already. Let's do it, right? Let's lock it in and let's ride together. But um, I, it's very polarizing because there's a reason why people don't like to bet it, and it's because anything can happen. That, that phrase right there, anything can happen. You're going to find people that hear that and they say, that's awesome. I want to get in on that. I want to throw a little bit of cash down, tiny bit of cash down on random dudes to win. And you're going to hear people uh, hear that and say, nope, not touching this race whatsoever. So um, for me, I'm approaching it like, hey, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's throw some bets down a little bit more than uh, I might, you know, a little bit more liberal, I guess you could say, with my bets. I'm taking more shots just for... Um, covering more bases here and that's just the way i choose to to play daytona because i've set myself up that way for the season built up a bit of a nest egg and, and i'm pulling from it so um it's also fun for the the newer gambler because if you have something in on this race and it hits it's a bigger payday for them and it draws them more in and lo and behold they'll be following it the rest of the year so a um, lot of eyes on this race Absolutely. So I love the long shots. And because of that, you know, the, the finishing position segment is going to be a little bit wild shotgun approach there. Um, like I said, so let's talk about track stats just to get us going here with Daytona. All right. So track stats, I like to talk about, you know, everything that we've seen in the past at this specific track, 150 races at the cup series level at Daytona. Unbelievable. Just wild how many races there have been. The winner has started from the pole 26 times. The last time it happened was Dale Jr. in 2015. So it's not an easy thing to do. We're going to talk about that pole sitter bet in the finishing position area. Now the winner has started in the top five 50% of the time. That's pretty wild, right? At a track where anything can happen, 50% of the time they're starting in the top five. So it kind of does matter where they're starting. I feel like I forget about that. And then when we get to these tracks, it kind of rings true. Top 10, 76% of the time. And even in a short microcosm of the, the whole track history, three of the last four races, the winner has started in the top 10. So that's really crazy how it works out that way. Outside of the top 20, it's only happened 12 times, but happened pretty recently. Denny Hamlin and a few times um, right before that. So, you know, that's pretty interesting in 2020. That happened pretty recently. 
Manufacturer trends, we like to call that out when we see it. The only thing to really call out here is that Ford has won the last three in a row. So the question you got to ask yourself is, will Ford keep that streak going like they did at Michigan, or will it give way to somebody else? So that's the track stat situation. Now, looking at the data sets, it's a little bit different with Daytona, with super speedways in general, because you can do your best to try to pull whatever stats you can, and you could pull the best stats ever. And your guy could get totally wiped out on the first lap. Huge wreck, 20 drivers affected, and your guy's done for the day. So it's really, you know, you have to, it's a fool's errand to think that you're going to pull these stats and, and live and die by them. You're just guiding yourself into the right direction. You just want to be on the right thing to kind of believe in it before you place your money down on it. And that's really what we're doing here. So I'm looking at the last 10 races at Daytona. Two races a year, so that's the last five years. I think that's pretty solid. And I also, when we go to these tracks that have a night race and a daytime race, I like to look and see who's better at night, right? Because especially with this one, the 500 is its own beast. The summertime nighttime race is a whole different animal altogether. So I want to see the last five races there to see if there's anybody that improves their position, who shines bright onto the lights. And then in 2022, you have a choice here as a, a gambler. You can choose to just look at the two old school super speedway races. We've been at Talladega, we've been at Daytona, so that's two races, or you can include both Atlanta races in your stuff. I wrote down my stats with just the two original super speedways. And the reason for that is just because when I'm studying Atlanta, I can take in the information from Talladega and Daytona to try to help me for Atlanta. But I feel like Atlanta is too new. I feel like it's just a, a little bit, it doesn't really compute the other way because we're going to huge tracks, super fast speed. So um, I do call it out every now and then. I have some, thing, some things written down. Um, to call out. So I'm not totally discounting Atlanta, but while I have it written down on my sheet that's right in front of me right now, I'm looking at the last two races this year at the two OG super speedway tracks, and it's just average finish is what we're looking at there. So a lot of things I just threw at you. Let's talk about some picks to win the race because there are two guys now, and, and the way you're looking at the odds list, the the favorite right now is plus 1,000 on most books. And on DraftKings is what I'm looking at right now. It's Chase Elliott. So what I'm calling out to start is two guys who are towards the top of that odds list that I like to, to win the race, that I feel like are favored for a reason, and I'm comfortable throwing some money behind them. Then we're going to get into some of these other guys. Like I said, shotgun approach. I'm going to be calling out a bunch of different guys for various reasons. And these are guys with way longer odds. And we're going to call them out for top tens or for victories. I'm going to call out those odds when we do it. So I'm not saying that these two guys are the only guys that I'll have outrights on. But these are the two guys that, you know, I feel most confident about um, as we head into the weekend. And the first guy is Ryan Blaney, plus 1,200. A couple weeks back, I tried to lay out who I thought was going to win each race at Richmond, Watkins Glen, and Daytona. And with Richmond, I said Truex, I was way off there. With Watkins Glen, I called out Chase, and I just missed. I mean, he, he should have won. So now, I called out Blaney a couple weeks back. 
if you're going by that trend, I should be dead on. Ryan Blaney at plus 1,200. I'm calling him out. You know, once again, put my money where my mouth is from a few weeks back because he has figured out how to race on super speedways. He won Talladega a couple times, and then he won this race a year ago. Now, the thing to mention there is a year ago, I think it was the first time that Daytona was in this position where it was the last race to end the regular season. And there was a bunch of other guys who needed wins and they were fighting for wins to try to sneak their way into the playoffs. And Blaney got that done. So that's pretty impressive that he was able to win that race, even though he didn't need it. And he was battling a bunch of other guys who absolutely needed it. So now he's in the position where he really needs it. So it's going to be very Fun to see how he handles that pressure, but I think Ryan Blaney's up to it because it's kind of like riding a bike. You'd have to imagine these guys who are just consistently good, and he has proven it more recently. If you look at his career stats, years ago, he was awful, and then something has flipped in him at Talladega and Daytona, where he has been a monster recently. It really is wild. His last 10 races at Daytona, so we're going back a while now, he's got one win, three top fives, five top tens. His average finish in that time span is 18.3. But like I said, all of his success has come very recent. If you just look at his last five races, his average finish goes from 18.3 to 8.3. He gains 10 average positions, three top fives in his last five races. Driver rating over that full time is third in NASCAR. Last 10 races, 88.2. That is just wild. And if you're looking at the two races in 2022, his average finish is third in NASCAR, 7.5. He finished fourth at Daytona, 11th at Talladega. So the thing about Ryan Blaney is I feel like he consistently has given you a shot. Over the last two, three years, he puts the car out front, he avoids the problems, and he's there in the end. And then however it shakes out in the wash, in the end, the last few laps, that's what happens. But he consistently is there and gives you a shot. And at these types of tracks, you just need a bullet in the chamber at the end of the race. You need a driver that can survive and give you a chance. And Ryan Blaney has that ability. So um, it's not a lock by any means, but I'm looking for guys who are more consistent. And Blaney gives that to me. So plus 1,200, driving the 12 car, it's fate. Call it fate, whatever. Now we'll move to my next pick to win the race. And we're looking at Bubba Wallace. He's plus 1,500. Now, I kind of wish I was getting him at a little better value there. But on certain books, he's like plus 1,300. So 15 compared to that, looking pretty good on DraftKings right now. And to finish top five, he's plus 220. Now, I never thought I'd be calling Bubba Wallace out to win this race. But he has stepped up recently on super speedways and in general this year. Like, he has done something different this year. It's starting to come to him. He's becoming more mature, and it's really showing that he's learning. I mean, he was on an absolute heater up until Richmond. And Richmond and Watkins Glen, you know, he had 30, 35th at Watkins Glen. I think he finished like 13th at Richmond. But he had four straight top 10s heading into that race. So that's pretty solid, just like in general in 2022. But his Daytona stats are also pretty solid. His last 10 races, four top fives, four top tens. That tells you that if he's in the hunt, he is very much a factor, right? He's in the top 
five if he's in the top 10. But now the other thing about it is, if you look at those 10 races, he's nine for 10 to finish within the top 20, which is important, right? You say to yourself, oh, top 20, who cares about that? But it's a big stat on super speedways because that's telling you right there, nine of his 10 races, he's in the race at the end. It's really easy to get wiped out one of these tracks, but he has figured it out recently. And his last two finishes at Daytona were second and third. I mean, you kidding me? His average finish in his last 10 races at Daytona is fourth in NASCAR, 12.6. That stands out to me, man. Driver rating in that time, ninth. I, two years ago, I never would have called out Bubba Wallace here, but he is stepping up recently. His average finish improves in the summertime. He goes to 10.4 in the summer. So that's even better, right? You're looking for that feather in the cab. He's fourth there as well. So in 2022, he's seventh in average finish at these two tracks, 9.5. Now, here's a big stat that I've been calling out for various drivers recently on different podcasts and, and different tracks. And this week, it's Bubba. Because at Daytona, in the last 10% of the race, Bubba Wallace is gaining positions. In the last 10 races at Daytona, he has gained an average of 4.3 positions over that last part of the race, which is, you know, basically a bat of attrition, right? He's surviving the messes that happen at the end. He's outlasting these other guys. And when you compare that to the rest of NASCAR, you're looking at a lot of back markers because back markers, you know, usually stand out in that stat. So you have to kind of throw some of those out of the way because they easily gain positions um, late in the race. So anyone who has been at Daytona in the last five races, that's the most, right? So we're, we're throwing out the guys who've been there like one off, two off, um, that don't even race full time. This is a huge stat to me. I really think that this is worth looking into each week, each track we go to, to try to find who is somebody who gains spots. And it really has come into play recently when we've called it out. So um, it's another reason why you should like Bubba Wallace this week at plus 1500. So like I said, top five, even plus 220. If he's in the hunt, he's going to finish top five. Um, so he's four for 10 in that stat. So Bubba Wallace plus 1500, Ryan Blaney plus 1200. Those are the only two guys I'm going to call out to win the race specifically because in the next segment, we're going to get into a bunch of different drivers and the longer shots. We're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. So next, now we have the finishing position area. And this is usually where I call out like three, maybe four guys to finish, like top five, top ten, that sort of thing. And this time around... We're going shotgun. I'm going to call out a bunch of different guys who are further down the odds list because these are guys who, you know, if we're talking about winning the race, new drivers, you know, that's a question you want to ask yourself. Is Daytona going to give us a new winner in 2022? Yes or no? And uh, for most of these guys, they have not won this year. So these are guys that I would not want to get beat by for various reasons. And we're going to talk about why we like all these guys, but 
I'm also going to talk about their top 10 odds. So that's really where it comes you know, together. That's how I started looking at them. And then I looked at their odds to win the race and said, you know what, some of these guys might be worth a little bit of a sprinkle there as well. But the top 10 situation is really what had my attention. It was really tough to choose from all these guys. So I'm not saying at this point in time, when I'm recording this on a Tuesday, that I'm going to 100% throw money down on every single one of these guys to finish in the top 10. But I'm, you know, really considering it. Now, there's some other news to kind of report here in this situation. FanDuel last week allowed you to place parlays with top 10 matchups. They allowed you to do round robins, which the guys in uh, chat that I'm in on Twitter pointed that out, which was great. But in the process of putting in a round robin, I was able to place a parlay for top 10. So I threw one in that just missed last weekend that was Reddick, Elliott, and Sindrick. Sindrick finished like 13th. He just missed it for me. Uh, but I'm pumped because when we're talking about all these guys, man, you could mix and you can match top 10s and really get some good payouts if these things were to hit. So big news there. I mean, they had that available a couple, or maybe last year, and it was only available for like a few weeks, and then they turned it off. So Got to hit that faucet while it's on because I'm sure it will shut off eventually. So let's get into our first driver here. And as we go through driver by driver now, might be a little bit quicker, you know, than we're used to doing when the time we're spending on each driver. But that's kind of what we're looking for here. Trying to cover a lot of ground for a lot of different drivers because I think all of these guys have some merit when we're talking about who could get it done at Daytona with all of the craziness. And I'm starting with somebody who I'm surprised at myself about even giving this guy a second look. It's Alex Bowman. He's plus 2,200 to win the race. Now, Bowman, I don't think will win the race on Saturday night, but he's minus 105 to finish in the top 10. So he is just racing absolutely dismal right now. But when you're looking at the stats, whether it's average finish or driver rating or how you're doing in the night races, Alex Bowman typically is the best Hendrick driver. So if you think Hendrick at Daytona, well, Hendrick is got a good stable here and Bowman is leading most of these guys. His average finish is, you know, looking at the last 10 races, he's got the best one. He's 10th in NASCAR at Daytona in the last 10 races, 17.4. And that's the other thing in super speedways, right? You'd think 17.4 is not that great, but it ends up being correlated to be the 10th best in NASCAR, and Bowman is the best Hendrick driver in that stat. Better than Elliott, better than Larson and Byron. So he's got three top 10s in his last 10 races here. And so, you know, 30% hit rate for what we're trying to get out of this minus 105. When Barstool released their top 10 odds, I'm sure you'll get him at plus money since he's right around that equator there. And his summer races, his average finish improves big time. His last five races in the summertime. Fifth in average finish, 11.5. So that's really impressive. Now, going back to your full, you know, last 10 races there, he's eighth best in driver rating. Very cool. And he finished ninth at Talladega in the spring. So, you know, this could be a, a snapback race. I do not think of Alex Bowman when I think of super speedways. I think of maybe qualifying, you know, maybe the pole bet for him would be a, a good one. Um, and I am going to deviate away from these drivers here in a second to talk about the pole, but uh, Alex Bowman, 
you know, minus 105, maybe plus money for a top 10. That's something that I'm really considering here. Like I said, maybe not for the win, uh, but, you know, he hasn't shown win speed really at these races. He's not really a guy that you see down the line. He's actually a guy that you kind of see wrecking early. So if he doesn't, if he avoids wrecking in stage one, man, give him a look. You know, you won't be able to have a, a top 10 bet at that point in a live bet, but uh, I'm definitely looking hard at a top 10 for Bowman. Now, I mentioned how he might be a good bet for the pole. Another reason why super speedways are just different overall. I mentioned how I was devastated, just gutted, because I loved the winner of the poll will win the race bet last week at Watkins Glen. It was plus 1,000, 10 to 1. This week, that same bet is out there, but it's 15 to 1. And let me tell you why that's a bad bet. It's because somebody that wins the poll, you know, there are only maybe three or four guys who were below that five, or excuse me, 15 to one mark, you know, Elliot, Blaney, and then Larson maybe and Logano, but that's really it. So you're not getting a great value here at this race because you could easily have somebody like Bowman go out and win the, the pole and he still might not be below that 15 to one. So it's not the value that it was a week ago. And that's just the way the track is playing a factor into gambling this weekend. So I would avoid that bet uh, especially because of the track stats segment, you know, what we call it out there. Nobody has done it since Dale Jr. in 2015. So I would avoid that bet this week in case anyone was like, hey, man, you were really high on this last week. What do you think? Not this week. Now, the next driver we're calling out here for a top 10, he's plus 125 right now on DraftKings and plus 3,000 to win the race, which I think has a shot. It's a guy who is coming back for more, Eric Almarola like that scene in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not leaving. That's what he's telling Stuart Haas Racing right now. He is back in the 10 car, and he's got some really good stats. If you look deep, right, on surface level, Eric Almarola makes sense at plus 3,000, 30 to 1 to win this race, but he's got one top five, two top 10s in his last 10 races at Daytona. Average finish is 19.0. Okay, you know, nothing to write home about, I'm sure, but his average finish gets better at night, drops down to 16.8. That's eighth in NASCAR. In 2022, he's actually fifth in average finish, so he's performing pretty well this year on super speedways. 8.5 is his average finish, and that doesn't even include Atlanta. If you include Atlanta, he, you know, is at least top six in that category. So if you, no matter how you slice it there, in 2022, Eric Amarola has been a factor. And you think of, you know, other races. I mean, he's won at Talladega before. The Austin Dillon Daytona 500, you know, he was in position to get it done. And Dillon put him in the wall. And I don't know where he finished, but it definitely impacts his average finish. So that was Almarola's race. And, you know, he, he didn't get it done. So uh, he is very capable on these racetracks. So for plus 125 to finish in the top 10, that's pretty solid, and I would definitely sprinkle a little bit for that victory because, again, we're talking about guys that I don't want to get beat by, right? If I don't bet Hamlin to win and he beats me, so be it. You know what I mean? But Amarola, that would make me sick a little bit because of the stats and, and what we're seeing here and the odds being pretty good. So um, I'm very much looking at the, the plus 125, though, for a top 10. My my buddy Nick, shout out Nick, Amarola fan. He's the resident fan of the 10 car and uh you got the ucf connection there 
between those two. And um, he had just texted me today, like, I'm thinking about buying the his last win diecast, you know, because I, I figured that might be his last victory. And my response to him was, wait till after this weekend. I don't know. That would be pretty crazy if he were to go out and get it done and um, punch his ticket to the playoffs. That would be wild. Any of these guys, right? Talking about the next guy, Eric Jones. He could do it. He could do it. Plus 3,500. It feels like you need a little sprinkle on him there, but at plus 150 to finish top 10, I'm very much into that. Three top 10s in his last 10 races at Daytona, and that includes a victory which came in the summertime. I mean, this is exactly what we're hitting, right? We need this kind of resume. His average finish is 20.5 in the last 10 races, but, you know, jumps up to 16.0 in the summertime. That is good enough for seventh in that time frame. Really like that about Eric Jones. And 2022, he has finished sixth at Talladega. His average finish is 17.5, but his driver rating this season is sixth on the two super speedways, 94.1. And if you add Atlanta to that, his average finish absolutely improves to 13.3. So really good stuff historically for Eric Jones. I mean, if you go back and you watch like the last five races at Daytona, I no matter where he finishes, he would be a factor in the race. Guarantee it if you were to rewatch these races. So plus 150 to finish top 10. I'm into that, and as you see, you know, this season, he's really been performing well in the 43 car. For any haters of Eric Jones out there saying, oh, well, that was when he was with Gibbs or, or whatever, no, we're talking about this year. He's performing very well on these tracks. So, plus 150, top 10, and a little sprinkle on that money line, because he's someone that I would really not like to lose to if I didn't bet him. Next guys, uh, the next two guys, actually, um, kind of joined at the hip. Chris Buescher. Plus 3,500 to win the race. He's plus 150 to finish top 10 as well. And we've been on Busher for most of the year for top 10s um, in, in various racetracks. We were on him last week as well. And this week, I'm surprised that we're getting this number on him, to be quite honest with you, plus 150. But the reason for that is because even though his stats are pretty solid, he's 0 for 2 on the two big tracks this year, finishing the top 10. But he's been there. And he's just been taken out by other drivers, not of his own doing. Um, now, we're looking at Daytona. If you look at all of the full-time drivers in the last 10 races at Daytona, Chris Busher has the best top 10 percentage of anyone. He's 6 for 10, 60% hit rate. That's better than anyone who's a full-time driver. That's impressive to me. And his average finish is 13.5. That's sixth in that time frame. All of NASCAR. It's very crazy. And if you look at just the summertime races, Chris Buescher shines under the lights, baby. 8.6 is his average finish. That's third. He's racing so well right now. What we saw last week at Watkins Glen was just a consistent race from a team that was just kind of there and waiting to pounce if the opportunity presented itself. It did not, but he was there. He's running seventh, sixth eighth all day and didn't falter so that's a, a team who's on it i would say they knew what they had and they executed so we'll see if they can get it done this weekend for a top 10 at daytona his buddy that i kind of have associated with him is someone ever feel like every time i call busher out for a top 10 i call mcdowell out as well and and why are the books not paying attention 
Why are we still sleeping on Michael McDowell? I thought for sure, because we were always on him um, for the, the couple years that we were doing the podcast before he won the Daytona 500. He was our guy at these super speedways. And I thought for sure the secret was out. And the books would always, you know, hit us over the head with him. But they're not this week. Plus 4,000 to win. 40 to 1 on a very capable driver. And he's plus 200 to finish in the top 10. That is insanity. In his last 10 races, he's got the fifth best average finish in NASCAR at Daytona. 13.3. In 2022, his average finish is 7.5 on the two big tracks. That's second. That's this year. We're not talking about the year he won the Daytona 500. We're talking about this year. Second in Talladega, and it's super consistent. He's sixth, excuse me, seventh and eighth. So that's 7.5 for all the math whizzes out there. Plus 200 to finish top 10. My goodness. I mean, Daytona made the joke a, a couple years ago. Like, he walks into this place and he turns into a different person. He started the season with a victory and a top 10 on the road course there. Uh, it's just something about this track and, and Michael McDowell. So lock me in here for a top 10, definitely, plus 200 and a sprinkle on 40 to 1. Now, we're going to move to two guys who are totally, I'm only talking about them here because it's fun and, you know, we're not, seriously talking about it, but we're kind of doing like a wink, wink, you know, so for any like professional gamblers, like we said, they wouldn't look twice at these people, but because we're looking for some super high value here on guys that we probably wouldn't usually talk about or bet on, I want to just bring them up, right? At the very least, let me just bring them up. And the first guy, I, I just can't quit him. Even though his team did, I can't quit Ty Dillon on super speedways. I can't do it. He's three for eight to finish in the top 10 at Daytona in his last eight races. His average finish is 16.8. That's ninth best in NASCAR. All right. What are we talking about here? I mean, clearly, you know, Petty GMS, you don't really have the faith in him. 42 car just did not perform the way that they probably hoped, but it's a new car. Like, what did they expect? He was going to blow the doors off everyone? Ty Dillon is always a factor at Daytona, and he's plus 10,000. 100 to 1 to win, not asking him to win the race. He's plus 400 to finish in the top 10. He just missed a top 10 at the 500. Just missed it. 11th place. He is very capable of going out there and get it done. For plus 400, are you kidding me? I don't understand why they're sleeping on him. The other guy is Corey LaJoy, same exact odds, plus 400 for a top 10 and 100 to 1 to win the race. And it's not the 250 to 1 that we were seeing in Atlanta last time, but man, how did Atlanta not kind of shock the books into this for Corey LaJoy? I mean, these stats would really point you in his direction. If you didn't hear what his odds were, like as soon as you see him on the list, you're like, ugh, way down there. Like he's a back marker. But at these tracks, he's not. Average finish in the summertime at Daytona, 17.2. That's ninth in NASCAR. Corey LaJoy. That's who we're talking about. Three for 10 in his last 10 races at Daytona, 30% hit rate. So for plus 400, pretty good. Not too shabby. And in 2022, the two big tracks, his average finish is 10th average finish, 14.0. Very impressive. That's what we're looking for. And we knew what we saw Atlanta, right? If you include Atlanta, I mean, his average finish actually probably is skewed, but he was right there in the end, that second Atlanta race. 
So Corey LaJoy, man, if you're looking for like a super long value, he's he's not a, a name that like people are going to hear and say, wow, Phil, you're on it. Like, wow, what a what a crazy pull. Like, yeah, he, he proved it. Like people are aware of him now, but clearly the books are not. Plus 400 for a top 10? Come on. So that's the shotgun approach here that we're taking in the finishing position bets area. All of these guys have great values to win the race. So maybe a little sprinkle on some of these guys because, again, I don't want to lose to them. And then top tens, consider them straight up or mix them in with some parlays, maybe some guys who are you know a little bit further up. But these are all guys who have resumes that could easily get it done. Now, if you're looking for the tool hangers bet of the week, it's our last one. You're going to have to listen in to a little bit further down in the podcast. I'm throwing it out there. I talk about it with Derek and let him weigh in on my pick for this week. So stay tuned for that little teaser for the Tool Hangers pick. If it isn't my concho on the sale, shake and bake, buddy. Shake it before you bake it. Here I come. Slingshot engaged. Well, now we're going to bring in our guest for this week, and it's a familiar voice. It's Derek. Yoder at Picks by Blaze. He is someone who has been on a bunch, like I said, to kick off the episode. And we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about here. We talk about Derek's success this year uh, for what he's been doing for the NASCAR community and um, how that's been going. We've got some big news to talk about for the Daytona race. Really excited to have Derek break that down for us. And then we get to talking about picks and a group bet full tank faceoff. So you don't want to miss it. Here is Derek. So now we are very happy to welcome back onto the podcast once again a fan favorite, probably the the most visited guest we have, Derek Yoder at Picks by Blaze on Twitter. Derek, thanks for joining me tonight. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me on. I'm always uh, excited to be back on the show. Well. Always excited to have you. We've got uh, a lot to talk about tonight. The you know grand finale of everything that we're going to be doing is uh, a full tank face-off like we did last time. We did it for the Coke 600. You were on. Seems like you, you always are on for the big races. We were, uh, about that? I think we were together last year for the championship at least. And I think to start the playoffs last year, then the 500, Coke 600. You, you get the... Big races, man. It's uh, the big ticket. Well, you know, you you charge a pretty penny for those uh, major races. And I hope everybody <laughs> that joins your show is actually paying um, because there was that statistic that came out recently where people are paying the podcast host to come on. Um, so, yeah, no, the, the big events. I love talking about the big events. And uh, it just so happened to work out that way. Now, last year, this time, believe this or not, Phil, it was around this date. A year ago, I came on for the first time. We were talking about Darlington, um, and my oh my, what what a, a the last year! Uh, it's been amazing. We got to meet in person. Uh, we'll be meeting again here very soon, and um, all the growth in the space and the community that we've been able to be a part of. So, uh, because of you, I owe a ton uh, of appreciation, and I have a ton of respect for, and uh, very thankful that you let me come on a year ago and uh, I'm happy to be back on again. I can't wait to talk about Daytona, the drama, uh, so many names, so many big name players could be in the mix this Saturday. So I'm very excited. Well, 
to, to start, I mean, yeah, last year was a, a great start to something, you know, having you on and um, you just like, you know, taking that conversation that we have and, and you ran with it um, as we're going to talk about here in a second. But then, yeah, I mean, when we talk about Daytona, uh, my part of the podcast that I talk about picks, you mentioned so many names that pretty much sums up uh, my my half of the pod uh, that I did solo. So um We'll talk about that later, but I want to pump your tires for a little bit here and kind of hear from you, you know, what you've been doing, I guess, not since then, but this year specifically, I mean, you've started the Twitter spaces thing. I talk about it a lot on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've had uh, Mark Skybox NASCAR. We've had Rory on here um, and a bunch of other guests that, you know, you've had on your Twitter spaces show that you've basically kind of crafted and developed and now have like a great template for um, at this point in the season, you know, I'm sure we talked about getting that off the ground last time you're on, but it's Mm -hmm. been a few months. Like how are things going from your perspective? Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, It's, it's been amazing. Um, It's really been uh, an entire like blessing um, to say the least. I mean, from the last time we talked in May, um, to now, I mean, just so much has happened. I've been uh, thankful to be a part of different events that I've been able to attend and um, different conversations with various people. Uh, like you said about the guests, I mean, I feel like we've just elevated the show so much to have different guests on. I love, I love when I, we have a guest on that show and then you have a, like the similar guest or the same one on your show. And just seeing guys like Mark and Rory, yourself, um, being able to go on various other platforms and uh, be a part of their programs and their shows. And that's so cool to see. It's really, um, that's probably my favorite part about the whole thing, but the, the NASCAR betting preview show in general, like you said, it's just, it's taken off. Um, I can remember, you know, for anybody out there, maybe looking to get their start and uh, not sure how to do it. Well, uh, when it was Daytona and it was auto club, I had no listeners zero. I, I sat there for an hour and I had nobody. And then it just started developing to what it is today. And it's amazing from support, uh, the community, and we've just been able to see it all grow so fast. So um, the goal is to obviously educate. And as we say, um, you know, prior to the show beginning, it's we're there to to not only educate, but to help others make, um, you know, key decisions. Um, And we try to lay out the featured matchups and then obviously open it up as like a radio portion, which you, you typically highlight where we can have interactions with our listeners live. And then the, those that listen via the replay usually chime in at some point afterwards with a tweet. And uh, it's just been really cool to see that progress. So been busy um, to say the least, but I just have such a passion like we all do for seeing the NASCAR betting division and um, the gaming division just continue to grow. And I believe it, is going to be huge in the next few years as we continue to develop uh, as a unit. Yeah. I mean, you do a great job of a finding, you know, new people to kind of bring on and, you know, pick their brains and have them participate in the the head to head matchup uh, picks, you know, competition that we kind of have there week by week. And uh, you know, that, in itself has to be challenging to try to, you know, keep it fresh and everything like that. But um, for anyone who's, who has not listened to that 
you know, if you can't catch it live, it's 8 p.m. every Wednesday. It's recorded every week. You can always go back and listen to it. And I think that if you're like someone who is absorbing NASCAR gambling content, there's beginning to be, you know, quite a bit of stuff out there, right? Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like the the amount of options you have is no longer very short. You get to choose now. And everybody kind of has like a different flair to, to what they're bringing to the table as far as like, you know, putting content out there, right? A different take on things or a different twist with their show. And mm-hmm. the, the twist with that show is the radio side of things. You are the host. You're leading us through head-to-head matchups. So we get to talk about that, you know, talk and shop, then open it up to anyone who's listening, asking any questions. And then you put a, a community spotlight out there. Somebody who's just like yeah. doing something cool in the NASCAR gambling community. And you let them riff for a while. There have been people from sports books. There have been people from NASCAR teams on this year. Um, it's just been so great. So it's a, it's a fresh type of content. And it's it's highly recommended. Like I know I'm biased because I'm on there with you each week, but it's it's a very um, a new take on on the way to do things, and uh, it's it's going really well. So I, I echo kind of everything you're saying there, being happy with with where things are, and looking forward to you know kind of seeing what comes up. I mean, how how hard is it to find the the people that you bring on every week? Because you know you gotta a kind of target people, and then b reach out and try to maybe convince yeah. in some cases, like, Hey, this is what we're doing here. Like, have you ever run into anybody that like just doesn't get it? No, actually. And I've been quite fortunate, but I, I think it it's mainly because of the team that I have associated with me, with you, Rory and Mark, um, what you guys are all doing within Twitter, uh, within various communities and uh, your influence makes it so easy for people to understand what we're all about. And I've gotten so many, yeses happen so quick because they already know who you guys are they know who i am they know about the show and that's really cool uh that's that shows me time and time again that we are making an impact a positive impact and um so it's not it's not as difficult but it's not as difficult because i really credit you guys um that are on the show each week um the team around me so um we've been so fortunate i mean like you said we've had so many amazing guests uh come on this year i feel like i'm tweeting almost every week on tuesdays uh making his um debut this week on the betting preview show and then listing the guests so it's been certainly been amazing and we got a lot of momentum going into the playoffs and then what will happen in 2023 i just cannot wait for so um there's a lot of really good things uh on the docket for sure so yeah, it's 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 been incredible. Awesome. Well, we'll you know we'll stop patting each other on the back here. I, I guess we'll, we'll look forward. <laughs> we have to beat because... each other up here soon because yeah, we're gonna yeah. go head to head. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's we're right. Getting the pleasantries out of the way. That's perfect. Great way to say it. Because um, I'm I'm out for more blood um, yep. this time around. But uh, I guess part of you know the success of that has kind of led you into something, and this is sort of loosely talking about picks here. Um, you have been connected with the NASCAR nation account. Mm -hmm. And for the last few weeks now, you have put out a video every Sunday where you break down your bet of the week and, uh, in a video format. And 
I mean, how cool is that, right? NASCAR Nation has thousands of people that are uh, subscribed there or, or followers. So um, how did that come to fruition and, and how are you doing in your pick so far? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't thank uh, all of those at NASCAR for um, getting that connected and getting that started. Um, various individuals that uh, have their hand in it, and I'm extremely grateful for. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a unique thing um, because you're putting out public picks, you know, via uh, a video, and you know, gotta gotta make sure that the information that you're digesting and then putting out to the public, um, because that's who ultimately, time and time again, as we continue to put out plays. The public is backing that with their own finances, their own units. And uh, there's a lot of pressure associated with that because you want to make sure you get it right with the information. You don't want to miss anything. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. Luckily, the last two weeks, so I've been doing it for three weeks in total now. Uh, I've hit the last two weeks. Should have hit Christopher Bell uh, at Michigan, but he got wrecked in second place by Ross Chastain. So uh, that one still guts me more than the two wins I got. Um, which I've been fortunate about. We just cashed and you, you've been tailing and uh, promoting and uh, really uh, supporting that way, which I, I can't thank you enough because that's so cool to see um, when your peers um, are backing uh, a play with you. Um, it's a really cool moment. So been very, very fortunate with it and uh, love just seeing all the support of all the people that are on it and then uh, communicate about it and uh, kind of go back and forth. So uh, it's a, it's a really fun uh, pressure, if you will. So I'm, I've been very fortunate with it. Yeah. I mean, last week was Busher and I think, yep. you know, Busher, I was just surprised. Like, you know, I think there were a lot of people on Busher, which was kind of nerve wracking because whenever that happens, you kind of feel like the bet's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And <laughs> I was also surprised at like the fact that the bet was still kind of like bettable right after like a lot we talked about busher a lot um all week and then you know even when you put your your bet out he was still like only minus 120 like i would have thought that it would have shifted further we got lucky there um i think i had him at like plus 110 or something you know earlier in the week so i was happy to see you put that out there but i just want to comment on the week before because i Mm -hmm. woke up in the morning First thing I did, I get to sleep in on Sundays. My wife and I rotate uh, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, so I'm sleeping in. I roll over, grab my phone. Looking at the matchups, I see Logano over Bowman. And I'm like, damn, that looks that looks pretty good. But hmm. I didn't put it in. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna hold off on that. You know, but that, that one looks pretty damn good. Then I see your face on Twitter talking about that bet, nailing it home. I'm like, God damn. I'm all in like, let's go. So before I got out of bed, I had that bet placed. I like that. Well, I'll tell a quick funny story about that because I was in Richmond uh, for that, for that weekend uh, with Todd Furman, Chris Wormy and uh, Joe, and then uh, a bunch of the guys, NASCAR, Brian uh, down there as well. So it was a really fun weekend. And um, Todd was giving me just so much crap uh, all the, you know, that Saturday night about, Hey, did you come up with the, the play of the week did you come up with the best bet you know what's the play gonna be and i just couldn't couldn't find anything found the uh the logano play and it actually opened logano plus 119 um we got it closed i think at minus i forget what the number was now i think it was like minus 108 or somewhere around there so uh we was fortunate about that but i was kind of keyed in on that line i like finding 
a play that you can get it at multiple books where others it's not just um just one book you know because then that limits so many people so i try to i try to make sure that i'm putting a a play that i i back and then one that multiple uh books are offering so like you said that one was um that one was really cool it was over after the like 14th lap uh we were watching we were watching it from the pits and when logano I mean, he was going four wide, five wide, three wide. And I think it was like 14 laps. Uh, Bush, uh, I'm sorry, Bowman started seventh. Logano started 17th. We stood with Logano on the pre-race ceremonies. Um, so I felt we felt connected. Oh, man, with him that's there. awesome. Um, so it was it was a really cool moment. But I think that I think he passed him in the first 14 laps. And it was like, hey, this is this is as done deal as there could be. And obviously we all remember what happened. He was dominating that race. So that those kind of plays, when you put that out and put that information out, those are like, okay, good. That was especially having the first one. So yeah, I've been very fortunate with it. It was, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. And and now, you know, you got to start thinking about what's going to be the bet this weekend, but want to talk about this weekend, Derek, because, you know, by the time people listen to this, it probably won't be, um, you know, brand new news, but you've been planning something for a very long time. And I want to be able to give you the the stage here to kind of describe, you know, what got you going on this idea, this concept. And now that it's all coming to, you know, real life here this weekend, um, what do we have planned? So the, for anyone who hasn't seen it, we are going to be doing a live stream up where Derek is from so his area he's been putting things together left and right and uh we will be watching the race on a live stream we've got a, a ton of different things um going on so derek how did this idea start to become a reality and then you know we'll talk about what the plan is for for the weekend yeah so uh super excited about saturday like you said it's a live stream it's not a virtual live stream where we're all on multiple computers no we have a a group uh getting together in person uh rory picks skybox nascar uh chris with the flag hunting pod seth with ibt media yourself me and uh, we're all going to get together under one roof we're going to sweat out our bets you're going to be able to hear us talk about uh, maybe plays that we're on or maybe something that we're seeing. And then during the course of the broadcast, uh, which is going to be broadcasted from uh, in between media's YouTube channel. So, um, you know, check out for all of our links um, directing you there. Um, we're going to have guests come on up here, similar to what they do on Monday night football with the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning uh, broadcast where, uh, we're going to have guests come on for about 10, 15, 20 minutes and just kind of chat back and forth and then continue watching the race. So make sure as you're watching Daytona, you're also watching us listen to what we're on, um, you know, all the laughs, all the conversation. I think there's um, a lot of value in that. Um, I want to give a shout out to Barstool. They do a, a wonderful job with a similar concept that they call their gambling cave um, where they get all their, um, you know, content creators under one roof and uh, you're able to kind of listen, watch and um, jump on, maybe tail a favorite, uh, you know, content creator or or fade uh, a content creator of your choice. So um, there's going to be some pressure associated um, with the event. There is going to be some financial backing to it and uh, we'll we'll give more details then, but there's going to be a lot of reasons to watch. And I think anybody that is 
able to watch one on the TV and one on your phone, I highly recommend it because you won't want to miss all the action. But I think it's just so important as well as we talk about community and as we talk about growing um, this whole space that we do events like this. And I think we can grow this to a much larger scale, uh, you know, across multiple, not only platforms, but uh, cities as well. And uh, it's really cool to be a part of the first um, live stream event because in 2023 we could have multiple uh, concepts like this. So I'm really excited that you're able to, to drive up uh, locally and uh, and be a part of it. And I think we're all just going to really benefit from each other's uh, conversations and um, what we all have going on. So there's a lot of characters obviously associated with this this event. So there's definitely going to be a lot of laughs, but there's going to be a lot of really good, valuable information shared um, for each person in their betting card for the weekend. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I was very excited when you first kind of threw this idea out there. I mean, for me, I'd be absolutely foolish not to jump on this. It's super easy for me. I'm like an hour and a half out. So there's no excuse whatsoever. You know, some of these other guys are, are driving a long ways or they're flying. Like that's, that's uh, shows you the level of commitment here that we have. And I'm really looking forward to, to meeting everybody, mm -hmm. getting everybody together and um, watching the race with other people. Like you haven't, you know, had that opportunity before um, to, to see kind of how people like to watch the race, you know, how it affects their live bets. I know there's a, a few people who are, uh, really into the live betting aspect of things. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I've really, I mean, I, I've done it, but uh, to be part of that too, like that's going to be really cool. So I know you have a few other things planned out that we're kind of keeping under wraps. So um, we'll let that happen. But um, if you enjoy listening to us talk about NASCAR, like you said, Derek, I mean, have the race on. And if it doesn't kill you, you know, put it on your phone or your iPad and, yeah. and just kind of watch us uh, from time to time. See if you're, you're in on anything that we are and, and follow the bets together. So um, really, really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But pumped. I mean, I think too, all we have to say is Rory picks and I think enough people will tune out because he's a character in himself. So uh, if you enjoy Rory, make sure you tune in for the live stream. Yeah, that's uh, if there's anybody nervous about like, well, you know, will we be able to kind of um, fill all of the, the time, you know, that <laughs> the race has like Rory will be there. You know, there, there hasn't been a piece of dead air that Rory has uh, come across that he likes. So um, that's that's, you know, our secret weapon there. So, <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good stuff. So let's talk about Daytona um, heading into this race. We've got two super speedway races, like naturally we've got Daytona and we've got mm -hmm. Talladega. Now this is something that I was kind of talking through earlier and I'm anxious to get your opinion on it. When you're looking at the, the data set, maybe the, the amount of information that you're pulling from for this season specifically, are you counting Atlanta? in this you know trying to dig into it because i know that a lot of this stuff with daytona is like throwing a dart at a dartboard we, we understand that part of it so we're gonna kind of you know suspend that and, and push it off to the side to try to make educated picks here and when we talk about that are you including atlanta in your data set if you're looking at 2022 statistics a hundred percent and here's why they use this the same package 
which is a super speedway package at Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta. So for me, I like I I have to look at that. Um, now Daytona and Atlanta may be a little bit more similar because of their um, their size um, in the banking. It's a little tighter. Obviously, Atlanta's much tighter because it's a mile and a half versus Daytona, which is a two and a half. Talladega is a two point six. Um, but I absolutely utilize those metrics um, for super speedways. I really kind of open it up to years past than I do with any other uh, race or type of race, um, whether it's a road course, intermediate or short track. I look at 2022 more so for those, but for super speedway, I absolutely include Atlanta and I, I look further back maybe the last three years or so. Okay. So that's helpful. So, the way I kind of did it was like when we were going to Atlanta, I was fine pulling in Daytona and Talladega into, you know, that data set. Okay. Um, but I'm a little more hesitant to pull Atlanta into it the other way. Right. So it's like, I'm, I'm okay, you know, kind of pulling it in for the intake, but for the outtake, I, I'm not really um, as concerned. So that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like completely rejecting it. I, and, and there's not too much you can pull, right? It's either two races or four races. And and what are you looking at? Average finish driver rating or, you know, whatever. Um, so for average finish, I actually pulled both, you know, for including Atlanta and not including Atlanta. And, and it doesn't really change the, you know, the uh, results that much. So that made me feel like a little bit better. Um, Chase obviously is, you know, much uh, higher up with the Atlanta finishes but that's about it um so i feel like there's there's just something to it because since we've got talladega and we've got daytona you know so many uh races to pull from like you said historically i feel like it's more of just like a quick little add-on right if they were good at atlanta okay great but you know it, it's not something that i'm like putting all my eggs in in a basket for and and i only really called it out when i felt like it was necessary i did not include atlanta in my original kind of like walkthroughs um so it'll be interesting to see you know especially like tomorrow night on your show I, i'm i'm sure people uh will talk about atlanta um but for me i just felt like there's so much data on daytona and you know if you want to include talladega going back a few years there's so much there as well. So that's why I was kind of like, mm. mm, you know, I'm going to stick with the bigger track since that's what we're racing on. Um, but Hey, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it doesn't juke the stats that much to include it. So uh, I don't think it's taking too big a risk to um, include it or, or not include it. So yeah, I was anxious to hear your, your thoughts on that though. Yeah. I think, I think when I was just trying to think of like a short track perspective, like, um, you know, what do you kind of there's there's obviously a track like Bristol and, and Martinsville, like they're both short tracks, but they're extremely different. You know, one's got massive banking, one's as flat as they come. You know, you of course, you would include that because they're both short tracks. Um, that might be a bad example to what we're talking about. But um, I was trying to think of like a comparison, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I don't know if you're necessarily wrong um, and I'm not sure if I'm necessarily right with, you know, that because. Atlanta is so new, but like I said, the package and the style of racing, it all is the, it all is very similar to what we see, um, at Talladega and Daytona. Um, and so for me, that's definitely something I handicap, but that's the beauty of sports betting in general, not just NASCAR, but sports betting where you have various opinions, 
And as long as you all come together, maybe at like a common landing spot, that's that's the beauty of the whole thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and I am definitely not rejecting Atlanta. Right. There there, there are times, um, you know, when I was talking about some of these other drivers uh, leading into this where I did, you know, call out the Atlanta statistics at some points. Uh, but I every race I write down like a sheet. I have a sheet of like stats that I write down and, and I had to make the decision. Am I including the average finish in Atlanta or am I not? And I chose not to um, just based on, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that we've got uh, such a larger track, higher speeds and um, all the data from the past. So, uh, but it, yeah, as Atlanta starts to get more um, races under its belt, I think, uh, you know, down the road, it might become more of an even um, match for me. But mm-hmm. this year, we'll uh, we'll see. So, with that, um, anything you know, we're gonna get into the the face off here in a second. So, I don't want to ask you about like, all right, well, who do you like to win or anything like that. But there's a lot of talk on Twitter this week about uh, people who love to bet super speedway races and people who are just like, no, I'm staying away, right? And I think yeah. it's about the way you bet. Like somebody like our, our friend Chris Wormy, right? Professional mm-hmm. better, professional gambler. I totally see somebody like that saying, nah, I, I can't put my my eggs in, in this basket. Mm-hmm. This is too volatile. Um, and then, you know, I see the other side of it, like somebody um, who's just kind of in this for fun. They, they're, they're messing around. They've got this like nest egg of money that they play with. This is a track where you can have some fun because there's a lot of high odds or long odds and things that you can hit. And if you do hit, damn, hell of a night. And if you miss, well, it made the race interesting for yourself and a little bit more fun to follow. So where do you land on that spectrum? Well, I would have said a year ago, uh, a year ago to today is vastly different. So a year ago, um, I looked forward to the super speedway type racing because of that, because, hey, you get to throw a couple lottery tickets out there and uh, hope you hit. And to where it is today i've understood and a lot of it came from learning from chris and just kind of talking with him and um definitely when it comes to constructing a card and how to accurately do that and uh you know definitely being wise uh, with how you're going about it especially for an event like this um it's hard not to see some of these numbers and be like, well, I want to be on this. I, I want to be on this. I want to be on that as well. And then you see people on Twitter, you know, talking about similar things, but um, it, it's hard to find value early on in the week because it is a super speedway. Odds really aren't going to change. Um, I know there is qualifying this week. There hasn't been some for the super speedways um, like Atlanta uh, specifically. So um, yeah, I think I find myself more so being on the, um, the side of, Hey, there's, there's t- more races to go, not just Daytona. And I kind of like, I kind of like putting my, uh, maybe a few of my eggs in it, but not, um, not as maybe as many as I typically would, because there is also a, a there's a large wild card to it. So being smart with it basically is, is the, uh, the moral of it. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're a little bit more reserved now, that you've been kind of messing around over the last year or yeah. so um, in this game. And, uh, that, you know, I totally, totally understand that. I, I you know, I, I think there's, from my perspective, you know, I, I have that at my core. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I, you know, riff off of, but 
I do get a little caught up because when I'm watching these races, I like to have, you know, multiple dogs in the fight, not for a lot of money. Right. You know, but we know that shit's going to go down. Chaos is going to happen. And I don't like having, you know, if I have two bets on the race and they both get wiped out, like that stinks. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of protecting my fun uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a way. And that's reckless. And I know that, but you know, that's just how um, I, that's my kind of uh, world that I have, my personality and, exactly. and the, the, the game that I have. So um, that's, what's fun about kind of meeting different people and, and the way they like to bet super speedways are very polarizing. So um, I figured why I had you on here, I would ask you kind of how you're playing it and, and what we yeah. expect for the live stream this weekend, you know, what, what, how much are you going to have kind of uh, riding, you know? So I say all that I said, and then you add that live stream element to it where you have a bunch of people together. Like we're not always watching it with, um, you know, people that are into the sport right now currently because we all live various locations. So when you throw everybody under one roof, uh, that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I think for me, I'm going to go into it with the same mindset because I think that's what you have. That's what I'm that, that's my plan. That's what I've I've been doing but i'm really interested to hear what other people are saying and what other people are maybe talking about because you never know when you're going to hear something that um catches your ear and just maybe what their thought process is and then um seeing how it plays out so i'm really interested with that live stream how that's going to play out um from live betting and and pennsylvania is a lot is a uh, legalized digital betting state um, which was a large part of why we wanted to have it here in pa and that because that gives everybody that's coming into town, if they're not already, an opportunity to do live betting in person um, via the digital um, element. So it's going to be a really interesting factor. Yeah, absolutely. And I think best case scenario, I'm just kind of like thinking about this now. Best case scenario is like we all kind of place our bets, whether it's like head to heads or whatever, top tens. I'm really big on top tens this week and uh, whatever the case. But what would be awesome just live stream or not, right? If people are watching or they're mm-hmm. not watching, it doesn't matter to me. Just being in a group, if somebody's like, yo, we got X driver for, you know, X money, X value, and mm-hmm. we all jump on that driver and he ends up hitting, we're all high-fiving at the end, like that's the feeling that you're chasing. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's That would be best case scenario um, for, uh, you know, our fun and, and the live stream. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a crazy moment. I think that something like that could happen uh, for sure. But like you said, I mean, everybody having various things like you're going to be putting out your stuff. Um, I know all the guys are like Mark puts out his card every week. I'm going to have my stuff uh, not only on Action Network, but on NASCAR Nation as well. Rory's always putting stuff out. Seth is as well. Chris, uh, obviously, they're doing their podcast Tuesday night. So Chris has always got stuff coming out as well uh, with Flag Hunting Pod. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what everybody's on going into Saturday. We're all gonna get together Friday, watch the Xfinity race, have a, a, a good meal, and uh, get to meet one another. So it'll be interesting when those conversations start, and then what we all start maybe going on or talking about. So really excited about it. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm fired up. So rather than go through like driver by driver, like do you like this guy, like this guy? I'm gonna hit you with my tool hangers better of the week. I have not talked about that Ooh. yet. So I wanna I wanna do it. And then I want you to tell me your thoughts on it. Cause I'm, I've been struggling with it this week. Cause the, the situation that I'm in right now is the last two weeks we hit and we added some money to that bank account, that, that gift card that we're going to be giving away in a yeah. raffle. 
and we're we're right over like 80 bucks or so if i'm doing the calculations right i think um our, our guy jordan's gonna update the site and and when he does it'll it'll show right around like 80 some dollars and so i'm getting up there and i wanted something plus money i've been kind of doing like head-to-heads lately and it's been you know minus money but i'm not going too crazy i want a shot out of here so the tool hangers bet of the week that i'm leaning towards and I'm going to tell you what it is, and then I'm going to give you a second to kind of absorb that and think through it, because then I'm going to talk about tool hangers and, and what we're doing here for anyone who's like, you know, listening to this for the first time, wondering what this is, um, and then I'll get your thoughts. So tool hangers, bet of the week, the last one for this raffle is going to be Chevy plus 120 to win, any Chevy driver to win. So think on that. I want to hear your thoughts and then I'll give my reasoning behind it. But toolhangers.com spelled with a Z on the end. They have been with us for a while now that, you know, the second half of this regular season, our, our guy Jordan reached out and said like, Hey, you know, wanted to do something with the podcast and uh, he's got his site where they specialize in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing and displaying on pegboard tool walls from circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, whatever you have laying around. Like, Derek, I'm sure you've got some stuff laying around if, if you're garage. I know you actually have a pretty mm-hmm. sweet garage. I know that um, for, for a different reason. But um, basements, whatever, you're trying to organize a little bit. Toolhangers.com. You got to give these guys a look because they've got the perfect tool hanger for you to, to hang your stuff on the pegboards and get yourself more organized. And what we do every week is I get $10 allotted to me and I place a bet down. And if we hit, it goes into a piggy bank, a pot, and that value, whatever we have after this race, this is the last one, whatever's in that bank account, we're going to give that away form of a gift card in a raffle. So you got to go to toolhangers.com slash full tank to register yourself for that drawing. It'd be really great. Tweet that out for anyone who hasn't been there yet. Please do that. That's a great way to support me, support the website, um, you know, all around. So um, the last tool hangers bet of the week for this gift card, Chevy plus 120. What are your initial gut reactions here, Derek? Okay. So here's what I got. So Chevy is going to be having 16 drivers this week, which is the most of any manufacturer in the race. 15 is uh, the next closest, which is Ford. Chevy also has the most aggressive drivers in their stable, I believe, especially on this type of circuit. So you got Ricky Stenhouse, uh, who's an aggressive driver, which we know. Uh, Ross Chastain, do I need to say more? Um, (laughs) I think he could fill that for a couple drivers. So uh, those two just alone, they're going to give you that aggressive value. Chase is just coming off a win at Atlanta, which is a super speedway. William Byron won his first race here at Daytona, super speedway. Um, the, you go down the list a little bit. Justin Haley's uh, obviously his accolades. He's a cup winner. Let's not forget in the cup series at Daytona, um, but in Xfinity alone, what he's been able to do. So Noah Gregson, same thing. So you have these list of drivers. Austin Dillon won a Daytona 500. Eric Jones won uh, this event years ago. It makes sense why you pick Chevrolet plus 120, getting that value. They haven't been at plus money for a little while now um to win that manufacturer so um i do not disagree with your thought process of going with chevrolet because they are scorching hot right now um as a as a complete unit so momentum is everything 
and uh, this could be the weekend. I mean, we we need a couple of these drivers to potentially win and get in, which is Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse, Eric Jones. Right there alone, those three could be names that we see at the end of the race uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, and I so I'm I'm glad you know you threw that set out there about like the 16 drivers, the most um, out of you know, and Ford's right behind them, but. I struggled with this, and it's funny that I made that point about Atlanta um, a, a bit ago because I, I struggled looking. It was between Ford and, and Chevy. Once I narrowed it down to like, okay, I want to do manufacturer, and the reason I chose manufacturer was kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the bets, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw all my eggs for tool hangers in one basket and have it get wiped out. I want as many options as I can to choose from and to be excited about as the race is unfolding to try to hit this and, and add a little bit more money into the account. Um, and Chevy. So it's funny because I called out, you know, two guys earlier to win the race who I really like that are not Chevy drivers. Um, but Atlanta kind of funny. Again, I, I tried to say like, you know, I wasn't fully all in on Atlanta, but when you include Atlanta, three of the four super speedways, I'm using air quotes um, winners were Chevy, even though Ford has won the last three at, uh, Daytona. So that's why I was a little, you know, nervous about mm-hmm. going away from Ford. I think Ford is is going to be very strong. They always are up front leading, um, especially early in the race, separating themselves, you know, staying out of trouble. But uh, I think Chevy's got some hungry drivers. They've got some drivers who are looking to add on some playoff points. And, uh, you know, that's why I, I ended up going with them. So uh, the speed that we saw, from various drivers, not just one. And then the further you go down the odds list, right? Because anyone can win this race, even though they're long shots. You mentioned Justin Haley, like who he could do it. You know, we're on him for the Xfinity race, but you know, Mm -hmm. he could easily be a factor late in that race and be cheering for him. So um, you don't have to worry about like the top dogs, the Elliot's, the Larson's, the, the Reddick's, uh, there are other drivers that could get it done. So that's where I was going with the Chevy. Uh, so I'm glad to hear you didn't, you know, laugh me off the, the track here tonight, but um, that'll be it. That's the tool hangers, better of the week, Chevy plus 120. And uh, yeah, we'll cross our fingers there. There'll be something else we're cheering for doing the live stream. So that's right. So uh, let's get into the face off, Derek, because through the face off, we'll be talking about a lot of different drivers. That's, that's the benefit. And uh, for anyone who is, you know, new in general, because I know Daytona generates a lot of new listeners, um, whether it's the 500 or the summer race, the full tank face off. What I try to do here is when I have a guest on, we typically look at head to head matchups and the guest gets to go first and choose, you know, a matchup that they like and whatever driver they don't choose. I get stuck with, then I do the same. And then the guest we'll uh, run it back for a third matchup. So it's a best of three series, but something that we tried out earlier in this year. And last time you were on Derek, we did this for the Coke 600. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really fun. It, I, I got good feedback. So I think people did not find it confusing to follow along, which is great. And I'll put out the, the visual for people to kind of understand where we lie. But what we're doing tonight for the face-off is looking at the group bets. And the reason we did this, you know, the first time was because, we didn't want to have, you know, in a super speedway race, our guys kind of wiped out 
and, and the face-off be over instantly. With the group bet we saw in the Coke 600, not a super speedway, but just a super long race, the group bets really were fun to file along with. So what we're going to do is talk about group A, B, and C. These are on DraftKings, but a lot of times they do trickle down to the other you know, legal sports books. And we'll let Derek go first. It'll be a draft. Four drivers per group. Derek will choose first, then me. Back to him. And so we'll each have two drivers within a group. And like I said, I'll send out the visual. Um, so Derek, how are you feeling? You know, any confusion, any questions before we get into this uh, group style full tank face off? No, I'm I'm uh, very confident. Uh, some would say maybe too confident coming into this. Uh, like you said, we did it back at Charlotte for the first time uh, and I was in attendance for that race. So uh, it was cool watching the race and knowing, okay, I'm on him and him uh, with what Phil and I are doing, but then I'm also on him and him uh, from a gambling perspective. So it was um, it was quite interesting to say the least. So I, I'm pumped for I'm pumped to see how this plays out for this weekend. Um, but I'm feeling very confident about what I'm about to select. Wow. Okay. And maybe you know we'll talk about it. You know over some drinks on Friday night, maybe, maybe we throw a little, uh, little yep. side bet down on the face off something else to track on, you know, we'll keep it on the, on the notes up there, um, during the live stream. So the first group in this matchup group, a, the varsity, I guess you could say is chase Elliott. I'll, I'll read the odds out as well. Um, chase Elliott plus 200, Brian Blaney plus 275, Denny Hamlin, 275 and William Byron plus 300 so um the spectrum here is plus 200 to 300 um derek as the guest you get first choice who are you taking first overall in group a for group a i'm gonna go with william byron uh he is the underdog completely in this group yet he has a win at daytona first career win years ago in 2020 and uh won at atlanta in the spring so William Byron is a guy and that team, obviously we just talked about Chevrolet and why we like them. HMS has been uh, scorching red hot um, specifically with another driver in that stable, but William Byron on this type of track, he'll be there at the end. I trust William Byron. Give me William Byron. Okay. You've got Byron, a, a very bold strategy and uh, going with the underdog in the matchup. A lot of times that does work. It's funny. I, I have not had the ability to kind of go back through all of the face-offs either this year or last year to see like, you know, how the odds kind of shook out. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of times when you don't choose the obvious choice, it is in your favor. So um, I feel like you have left me with a phenomenal situation here because I'm going to choose my next guy and then whoever you don't choose, I'm, I'm going to be happy with. So mm -hmm. I'm taking Ryan Blaney. I'm on the Blaine train this weekend uh, in a number of different ways. I, I have him to win the race. So if I think he's going to win the race, obviously I would uh, be a coward if I don't take him in this matchup. Um, Ryan Blaney, you know, I, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier on the pod, but he has developed into a great super speedway racer. And I think the other two guys that are left over, you know, one of them it has been that guy for a while. The other one is sort of coming into, you know, the, the realm there. But Blaney to me is is just unbelievable. And the the stats that he's put up, I mean, even this year alone, 
you know, looking at the, the two races that we've gone to, I mean, he's got two top 15s. When, when you're looking at these types of things, I think top 15s, top 20s matter because it's showing that they, you know, aren't getting wrecked. So even if you throw out his great history on super speedways, Talladega, he won this race last year at Daytona, just this year, his average finish is 7.5. So uh, give me Ryan Blaney for my first pick. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't hate that. He would have been a third or fourth option in this group for me uh, personally. Uh, giving you a little little jab there, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's Blaney fine. Blaney at plus twenty five currently in the uh, playoffs. If if everything were to end today, um, you know, I just here's a little um stat I'm gonna throw out there or or a hot topic. Blaney doesn't make the playoffs, nor there neither does Martin Truex Jr. So, um, I think Blaney, you know, they asked him today, how do you, you know how are you feeling about going in, and he said, stay tuned. I don't feel good. Don't like it. So I'll, I'm going to go with Danny Hamlin to round out my stable uh, in this group. A Danny Hamlin is a guy that is proven specifically at this track. Uh, I know it's on the 500 um, back in February when they do that. But um, for a guy that I need just to be there at the end, Hamlin, he'll sit in the back throughout the race and then he'll, he'll race whenever it's time uh, with chase already locking up the, uh, the points title, you know, Hamlin's going to just get there at the end, miss all the chaos, and uh, we'll be talking about not only Byron, but we'll also be talking about Hamlin when it comes to the end Saturday night. And that's fine. That's why I said I would have been, you know, happy with either guy because of Hamlin's history. Hamlin's been struggling this year, though, on the, the tracks that are the, the super speedways, which was surprising. Well, I mean, he gets wrecked by Ross at Atlanta or he's sitting pretty. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, maybe I'm still a little salty about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and that's fine. So the, the guy that I'm left with here is somebody that I'm comfortable with and he's the favorite in this matchup uh, in this group. He's plus 200 to win the group. It's chase Elliott. And I'm, I'm fine with chase for a few different reasons, right? He doesn't show up. Um, totally on, you know, like average finish. But uh, if you're looking at the last 10 races at Daytona, he's seventh, 85.5. That's a decent driver rating. It tells you that he, he's driving better than the finishes would show. Um, but in 2022, you've got Blaney is third in average finish on these two super speedways, uh, Talladega, Talladega and Daytona, and Elliott's right behind him in fourth. 8.5 average finish. So, you know, that doesn't even include Atlanta. Like I said, if you include Atlanta mm -hmm. stats, he goes even further up to the top. So uh, I'm fine taking Chase because on top of everything, Chase is red hot. He's finding ways to get finishes. Mm -hmm. So if all of these guys don't win the race, I'm pretty confident Chase would find a way to, to finish, you know, top five and maybe that gets the job done. So uh, to recap this group, Derek is taking Byron and Denny Hamlin, and I've got Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott. So let's see what happens with group A. So uh, I, I just want to touch on something real quick as I'm bringing up the groups again to read them off. You mentioned Blaney not making the playoffs. I had Rye Cape on weeks ago, and he had said that. Like, I don't know what race that was, but it was uh, a while back. It feels like maybe like five weeks ago. And I was like, dude, no way, no way. 
and like he's second in points, third in points, whatever. Like, you know, we're not going to see that. And here we are with one bad finish and a new winner. Like he's out. So yeah. that is just completely crazy. Now on the flip side, championship picks. I was talking with Chris from flag hunting earlier in this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I threw, uh, call me crazy, but I threw a little something on Blaney at plus 1500. I threw a little something on Truex at plus 2500 in case he mm. were to sneak in because there's some rumblings and, and props to Chris to, to direct me in this way. But I, I did not listen to the teardown until he told me yesterday, yo, you got to listen to it. There are rumblings that Kurt Bush might DQ himself from the, from the um, playoffs. And if that were to happen, that would open up another spot. Now, Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi made it very clear, you know, for the, for the sanctity of the sport, they need to declare that before the race starts. And I don't know if that fits Kurt's timeline um, for, for being able to do that. I saw that they're going to wait till a Charlotte test. I don't know when that is. If that's this week. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, if, Truex, or excuse me, if Kurt Busch is not in the playoffs, then that makes it a little bit easier. And at plus 2,500, that's a pretty good um, value for, for Truex. So in any case, though, we could see Austin Dillon win, and then all of a sudden, you know, both these guys are out. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that, that's an interesting name. That was actually the, the name that I thought of why Truex and Blaney wouldn't make it. So interestingly enough, you said Austin Dillon. So interesting. But I, I feel really... I'm bummed out for Kurt, uh, you know, future Hall of Famer and everything that he's all the teams he's been on. Uh, really hope this isn't how he goes out. And I understand concussions and we've seen it throughout the sport um, with various drivers more recently um, and how that affects them. It even forces them into retirement. But, man, I would really hate it for Kurt uh, and as a fan of NASCAR uh, to have him go out that way. But. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, it'd be ideal if they could maybe announce that, but I get that he doesn't know until, till next week and, you know, maybe Tuesday or so, but that just gives us a little bit more chaos to exactly. uh, kind of be watching. So, yeah, we'll see. There's always, there's always that shred of, of hope, even when you're officially yeah. eliminated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause NASCAR, you know, they could change the rules on a dime. So we'll see. Um, group B. I'm drafting first in this one, and this is kind of a, a weird one to be drafting first. So Group B's drivers, plus 250 for Kyle Larson, plus 250 for Ross Chastain, plus 250 for Joey Logano, and plus 300 for Kyle Busch. So I will be taking Joey Logano at plus 250. Uh, he's my first pick in this group. And – it's, it's weird because statistically, especially like this season, kind of a, a similar situation to um, to Hamlin this year, Logano is not jumping off the, the stat sheet to me for these races, even if you include Atlanta, you know, he's not there. But when I think of super speedway racing, I think of Logano being up front, leading the way, and being a big factor in the end, um, just kind of keeping it clean. If you look at the last 10 races at Daytona, he is fourth in drive rating. So that speaks to that, that type of, you know, ability to get up front and stay up front. 
Um, his average finish in those 10 races though are, are 21.7. So, you know, he, he does have a tendency to, to getting caught up into some garbage from here and there. But then you look at how his season is going right now. And it's actually kind of shocking. Like he's not really been that great, but he's somehow getting decent finishes and, and whether it's Michigan or, or how he ran at Richmond last week at Watkins Glen, like it doesn't feel like he should be there. And there he is. So there, that's a, that's something that's so underrated in NASCAR where, you know, the stats might not be hitting in the face, but just look, he's there. And the same thing can kind of be said about chase in a way, just chase is executing a little bit better going with Logano here um, just for just that feel of super speedway and, and he's a Ford talked about how Fords have been good here. So um, put me down for Logano. Yeah. And I, I don't think that was the uh, wrong choice. So uh, I can understand. I, I, I understand your, your reasonings for sure. Um, definitely a guy getting hot at the right time. I'm going to go with Ross Chastain uh, with my selection. Another guy that's at plus two fifty uh, on DraftKings uh, as we're talking about him in group B. So, you know, Ross is uh, track house has had speed all year. Doesn't matter what type of track they've been on, um, whether it's short track road course, intermediate or super speedway. So uh, he won at Talladega. He was in the hunt. I want to say about two years ago in the 77 car. Um, and they got into a big wreck uh, in the Daytona 500. So uh, Ross is a guy that knows how to get it done. And, you know, if I'm going to back Ross anywhere, I'm going to back him on a super speedway because uh, it's less likely for guys to pay back, uh, if you will. Now, there's a lot of guys that certainly do have to pay back. But one element of payback, which maybe I'm talking myself in a different direction here, one element of payback is not helping somebody draft, sticking somebody out on the high line or, or in putting them in the middle. So, um, But Ross has shown a lot of speed. So Ross is uh, my selection. Uh, for my first pick in this group. So let's let's just stick on that for a second, because I stared at Ross there for a bit and chose not to do that because of the payback element, because of what you just said, Derek. Like, it doesn't have to be as egregious as putting him in the wall. It could just be like, hey, I'm not helping this dude. I'm, I'm leaving him out to dry. I'm, I'm putting him, you know, in the middle and he's going to drop like a rock. Like, that's all it takes. And he's got so many people that are yeah. like that. And then on top of it, let's say that he is able to keep it up front going into that last lap. You're telling me that half the field that he's pissed off wouldn't just completely feel justified just to completely dump him going into that last turn and, and cause chaos behind them. So where's he's finishing that point? He's, he's finishing 20th or, or mm-hmm. you know lower. So that makes me a little nervous. So um, I'm going to take someone who has a, a bone to pick with him and it's Kyle Busch. Um, you know, we got Ross Chastain a few times. Um, and Kyle is kind of an enigma to me because if you look at his last 10 races at Daytona, he's got four times when he's been in some incidents, which is not great. You know, he, I, he's not the super speedway guy that you might necessarily think of. Um, he only has two top tens in those 10 starts. But the thing with Kyle that kind of jumped out to me was his driver rating was sixth in that time span, which is interesting, right? Because it tells you that he's driving a little bit better than he deserves. And this season, the two races, Talladega and Daytona, his average finish is 4.5. That's best in NASCAR. Mm -hmm. That surprised me. So that, you know, I'm taking a risk because 
we've got this streak now going of top tens and it's really hard to score a top 10 at a super speedway, but you know, he's done it twice this year. So um, I'll take Kyle as a bit of a fail safe here. Well, I'm also going to go with Kyle, uh, Kyle Larson, that is. And uh, <laughs> you left me with him. Um, but Kyle Larson was the guy I was hoping I would get actually uh, in six starts in the, since 2019, he's got three top tens. So uh, obviously he was a, what? 300 feet at Talladega from getting a victory there. Um, and I'll ultimately lost it to Chastain, who I also have on my squad uh, in this group. But, you know, Larson's a guy that we don't, you know, maybe guys typically want to fade. Um, but in this group matchup, if if guys are hanging out, uh, Ross and Kyle's uh, Kyle Bush is having his bad luck like he's had the last number of weeks, then it just is a head-to-head between Joey Logano and uh, and Larson, and I don't hate that head to head. So um, I'll definitely take Larson pairing him up with Ross. I'm feeling pretty confident about this group. Yeah, yeah. For me, you know, it was more so kind of fading the the guy who just won. A little drama around him within his own camp. So not sure how that kind of translates to the track. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. But uh, and, and I'm not making a bigger deal of it than you know we really want to uh, i think they will find their way through but um <laughs> in, in any case you know the, i'm gonna go with uh i'm taking kyle bush over larson because of the, the fade of the winner and um the, the stats wow. but he could definitely go out and surprise some people i mean larson I, he's he's tough on, on super speedways I, I can't wrap my finger on him he, he he's not great but he's not bad he's, he's just kind of there so um We'll see how that one plays out. So it's one, he's he's one of those drivers that you're you hope you're on the right side of uh, when you're backing him for a super speedway event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so let's wrap it up here with Group C. You get the first pick in this group. The group is the most uh, the largest spectrum as far as uh, the odds are concerned. So the favorite in this one is Bubba Wallace plus one seventy five, Austin Sindrick plus two fifty, Martin Truex plus 330 and Tyler Reddick plus 330. So who are you taking first in this matchup? So I'm going with a guy that has multiple wins this year uh, in the series. And that is Tyler Reddick at plus 330. He is the underdog of this entire group, um, or I should say co-underdog at plus 330. But Reddick is a guy that I am, so happy to back him in this group, um, mainly because he has wins. Uh, he's not searching for his first win. He's got multiples already this year. And when it's come to these types of tracks, if you look at maybe what he was doing in 2020, um, he made a late move uh, in turn four, got hit, put in the wall. Uh, but he does find himself in position time and time again. Uh, he's already got that. He already knows what it takes to win. So that pressure of him is off. I like the speed of RCR. I think RCR is going to be strong this week. And uh, give me that eight car. Um, and again, I think this is a guy we talk about late on Saturday night. Wow. I'm shocked. Um, I did not think you were going Reddick there. I, really, you are surprising me. So maybe that type of vibe is what gets it done. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. If that's true, I mean, we'll, we'll be together enough to know. Now, I'm going to take Bubba Wallace in this mm-hmm. one. He's the favorite in the matchup. 
I think that he has a legitimate uh, claim to to win this race. Um, talked about him earlier. Last 10 races at Daytona, he's got four top fives and four top tens. So that tells you, you know, if he's up there, he's up there. Like he, he's a factor. Um, that includes the fact that he's been very good recently. Second and third his last two times here, fifth, uh, four trips ago. So just very strong. Th- basically what I'm trying to say there in a terrible way is three top fives in his last four races. Um, very strong driver. And I think he's coming into his own as a, you know, race car driver in general this season, very strong. So I'm taking the favorite in this matchup. I, I can't pass him up here. Yeah. No, I, and I totally get that. Um, I figured you would probably do that. Um, so I, you know, I'm not really surprised, but, uh, for me, I'm going to round it out in my group here with uh, the winner of the Daytona 500, Austin Sindrick. Uh, you know, he's won also in the Xfinity series on super speedway uh, uh, events. Uh, we obviously know what he did here at Daytona and uh, in February. So give me Austin Sindrick in that two car. That two car has some magic magic when it comes to this uh, facility. So I think Penske is going to be, um, you know, with the Fords, you know, the Fords dominated, we just talked about Chevy not too long ago, uh, but that was a little while ago. But Ford did dominate when they were here last with winning the two the two uh, Gatorade duels. Can we call them Gatorade duels still? And uh, the Daytona 500. So um, give me Cindric, the two car, rounding it out with uh, Tyler Reddick. That's fine. Um, I, I kind of figured, you know, taking Bubba, it was either between Bubba or Cindric. I wasn't going to get both of them. Um, I didn't think you were, you know, gonna play it that crazy uh so i i knew what i was taking there when i took bubba i knew i was giving up Cindric and and i think Cindric's a great pick i think he's going to be a factor this weekend as well um so i'm getting left with martin truex jr and i'm realizing in my stable i've got both guys competing for that last playoff spot mm-hmm. on points um truex the only thing that I can say, I mean, his stats are at Daytona are not fantastic. This season, he's got two top 15s on Daytona and Talladega. He finished fifth at Dega, which was the more recent one, and 13th in the 500. Um, just give me one second. I want to throw, um, let's see, I want to throw Atlanta into that mix and see how he shakes out in the wash there. And he's, if you have that included, those two races included, he's actually second in average finish, 9.3. So he's having a pretty decent super speedway season. So to be left with him, not hating it. Plus, he's probably going to have to be going all out, checkers or wreckers, uh, unless Ryan Blaney wrecks early. I think Truex at some point in the race is going to, they're going to have to, the, the flip is going to be switched and saying it's, it's win or nothing. So they're going to be going for it. So, hey, you know, for a group matchup like that, he goes for it and hits great. If he misses, I still have uh, who else do I have? <laughs> Bubba, Bubba in this one. So uh, I don't get too uh, hung up. I don't, I don't hate getting uh, left with Truex here. So um, good stuff, good stuff. So to mm-hmm. recap that one, we've got, and I don't think we recap the second one. So uh, we'll, we'll do that one. Group B. Derek's got Chastain and Larson. I've got Logano and Kyle Busch. 
And then to round it out with Group C's picks, Derek with Tyler Reddick and Austin Sindrick. I've got Bubba Wallace and Martin Truex Jr. So this will be fun, Derek. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, any other picks or leans or anything like that for Daytona that you have um, heading into this weekend as we start to, to wrap it up here? That's a good question. I think um, if I were to look at some guys, I'm definitely looking at guys that um, haven't won yet. There are a couple names out there I see. Um, but I, I really think I really think it's going to come down to one of those races that brings a lot of excitement, a lot of drama. And uh, I think we see some really good racing. I mean, this 2022 uh, Gen 7 next gen car has been phenomenal um, on all types of uh, racing except for Martinsville. So take that out. Um, but I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Um, I'll, I'll know a little bit closer, uh, looking at maybe some head to heads, different things like that for the uh, NASCAR nation bet, which if anybody out there listening, isn't following them, make sure you do so. Um, but it's, uh, there's some really, there's some interesting head to heads that I have out there. Last time when we were at a super speedway, you remember this, Phil, the DraftKings put out, 108 different head-to-head yeah. matchups. Uh, I was really kind of hoping for a similar thing. Same. Would have been really good, um, you know, for good PR, you know, because that was that was something that was just talked about endlessly. I saw all over Twitter. Um, it was like they paid every single person to talk about them, and that's just what you got when you put out 108, and everybody else is putting about 10 to 15. So, um, but man, I'm, I'm just so excited. I uh, can't wait to see it all happen unfold in front of us and, um, be able to kind of sweat out our bets together and have everybody that's watching via the live stream, uh, watching that with us. So it'll be fun. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, and I was, I was looking forward to that too. Uh, the, the lot of bets, I thought, you know, a lot of eyes on Daytona might, you know, mean that we get some more bets. Let me ask you this point blank to kind of end it here tonight will we see a new winner in your opinion what do you think and and also i I wish that was a a bet right that's kind of where i was going with that i wish we saw that option in the sports books to choose yes or no and i don't know what the odds would be i feel like it'd be kind of split pretty evenly i believe that we get a first-time winner this season in 2022 not necessarily a first-time all uh, ever winner, but I think we see somebody that has not won yet this year. And that also includes guys like Martin Truex and Ryan Blaney, but I do think we see uh, a first-time winner win at Daytona uh, at the last-second buzzer beater. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if that bet comes available, if anyone out there is listening, you want to put that bet up for us, I will be taking the new winner as well. I think that would be a fun thing to, to cheer for. So, um, Derek, I appreciate it. Of course, as always, um, you can find you at Picks by Blaze. Any other way, you always say to us on your show, how can people support you uh, in your weekly endeavors? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And thanks again, Phil, for having me on um, like you do each and every time. Uh, you mentioned it. Twitter's the best way to get it. Uh, kind of connect with me at Picks by Blaze on Twitter. Uh, you can also then check out what I'm doing with the NASCAR Nation every uh, race day, uh, Sundays or Saturday nights. In this, in this case, uh, follow me on the action network. It's where I put all my exclusive plays. Uh, I always attach a write up to it 
and uh, you know, feel free to interact uh, with me as best you want. I, I'm happy to help anybody um, with maybe their mindset or maybe with their thought processes heading into a race weekend. Uh, but definitely uh, the show as well, the NASCAR betting preview show, which is every Wednesday uh, live on Twitter spaces, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, you know, we do the show for about an hour, me, Phil, Mark and uh, Rory. And then we have a, a guest that comes on the show every week. So uh, make sure you're supporting uh, the show there as well. So I really, again, Phil, I appreciate you having me on. And um, again, looking forward to this weekend. Absolutely. I'm thankful you uh, had the vision for this weekend and, and I'm looking forward to being part of it. So I appreciate you asking me and um, definitely going to be good time. I'm looking forward to it. So um, that will do it. So uh, yeah, we will. Uh, I'll see you Wednesday night, Derek, and I'll see you this weekend. Sounds good. Thanks, Phil. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this Daytona episode. And thanks once again, as always, to our guest, Derek Yoder, for coming on and dropping that news and doing the face-off with us. Remember, get those bets in. It's a Saturday night race. Let's win some money this weekend and get geared up for the playoffs next week at Darlington. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Have no place to go. 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 Have no place to go.